welcome to the Happy Whole You podcast. I'm Anna Marie Frank, your brain health and wellness expert. Here we talk about all things wellness with a focus on how your brain functions. So the daily impact of our physical, nutritional, financial, even spiritual lives, how they impact our brain, including how we navigate all of our relationships on a daily basis, all have a major impact on how our brain functions. So get ready to rewire your biology and your brain because we have a lot of great information ahead. Hello, hello, amazing, beautiful humans. Here we are in another episode of the Happy Who You podcast. I have the national educator for Four Sigmatic, Danielle Ryan, with me today, and we are talking about functional mushrooms. So not to be confused with psychedelics, but functional mushrooms. And she's pretty amazing. She speaks fluent Thai. She spent years in Asia and she uses functional mushrooms actually in her practice to help individuals with autoimmune disease and all sorts of health challenges. And she, what I love about her is she takes the holistic approach and looks at people's foundations of health to support them. I just am excited for you guys to hear this. A lot of people, when they think of mushrooms, they think of psychedelics, which are kind of fun. I did them for the first time the other week, but functional mushrooms actually have so many health benefits and she's going to share a lot of that with you today. So here we go. Danielle, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be with you. I'm so excited to have this conversation and it's just amazing mushrooms. First, I'm going to get this one out of the way. So when people think of mushrooms, you know, sometimes they think of like tripping out or the out-of-body experiences and all that. Have you ever experienced that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, you know, it's really important to understand what we're speaking of when we're talking about mushrooms. So It wasn't until, you know, the 70s that they were actually put into their own kingdom where they were thought to be a lower form of plant. And there is so much healing potential in this kingdom, right? So it's its own biological entity, like the animal kingdom, like the plant kingdom. And there are a crazy amount of species. It's really debated how many species actually exist within the fungal kingdom. And we're still identifying more and more every day. So A lot of people, when they hear the word mushroom, it really falls into three categories. People are like, I either think of culinary varieties, you know, that you chop up and put on a pizza. Think of poisonous varieties, the Amanita muscaria, right? The mushroom emoji or the most world's most famous mushroom that no one knows the name of um, or psychedelics. And what I actually focus on all of, you know, Those mushrooms are fascinating for their own reasons, whether it's for the environment or for nutritional needs. But we're today really going to talk about a subcategory called functional mushrooms, which there are about six or 700 of them. And they're mushrooms that have known study benefits to the human body. And so these are among the most ancient natural remedies used by cultures all across the world from Northern Scandinavia to traditional Chinese medicine, even in Native American cultures. And they are powerful with their compounds and their ability to support our body on so many levels. So what got you into the world of mushrooms? 
Great question. I never expected that I would be teaching mycology and really devoting my life to the fungi, but it was so organic. I mean, when I look back, every part of my journey was really leading me to the mushrooms. So whether it was starting to become a plant-based eater at the age of eight, or I was a big environmental activist through high school and through my undergrad, I studied permaculture, lived on an intentional community, and was really immersed with just off-the-grid living, right? How can we be as dependent on our own selves as possible, right? Whether that's our water, our food source, our building, and part of that is our medicine as well. And uh, I moved to Asia. I worked with Hill Tribe Villages, and so much of that lifestyle is still completely connected to the natural world. So that's going out and foraging food, finding forest medicine, and all of this, there was fungi kind of interwoven. It was like they would come up when I would be doing work with soil health or with nutrition, you know, as a, as a primarily plant-based eater. I went and foraged mushrooms for the very first time when I was living in India with this old woman. I lived in her house for about three months up in Bogsu, so up in the Himalayas, and she had this amazing family. And I mean, it was like, a dollar a night to live in this house and go have meals with the family every day. And she was like, do you want to go morel hunting with me? And I was like, sure. I don't know what that is. And we were out like this. I mean, I, I wish I had a picture of her. Maybe we'll put one in the show notes, but like literally out there searching for these tiny mushrooms, this huge Himalayan hillside. And there was all these little pieces that kept connecting. After Asia, I ended up moving back to the States and going to graduate school for herbal medicine opened a private practice. The type of clients that were coming to me were those in really extreme conditions where I couldn't turn to a lot of the typical plant medicine that I would if people were dealing with, I need to sleep or I have headaches. What people were coming to me were pretty intense autoimmune conditions, chronic illness, all sorts of ailments that the Western world didn't have a diagnosis for. And so it turns out functional mushrooms were one of the most effective and safest options for these range of bodies. So before I knew it, I had a functional mushroom-based practice, right? That was the lead species in these formulas I was creating. And I got invited to teach mycology at the grad school I went to. I mean, it was all just like, it just pieced together. And it's so wild to think about it because at the time, everyone around me was like, what are you doing? You know, now you're a yoga teacher, you're a detox coach, like you're leading these, like, what's the connection? And uh, it was really following what I was so excited about in each moment and knowing that it was leading me to where I was meant to be. And it just feels so perfect that I've kind of grounded and landed with devoting my work and my life to studying mushrooms. Oh my gosh. It, it, I just love it. It's amazing. And you know, in wellness, in nutrition, in you know, this wheelhouse of herbals and natural health, it's, it really is fun when you dive in and you just start to like, you, you kind of grasp onto an area because it's so broad. And I love that you've been able to bring functional mushrooms to these people that you know, they don't have an answer from the Western world, or they've been given all these labels that, you know, aren't working. (laughs) And so that's kind of something I want to dive into. So, you know, we have these herbals, and then we have Western medicine. And like, 
how does that all work? Because I never knew that Colorado had a school of clinical herbalism, which is, I think, amazing because I don't want to go off on a tangent, but back in like uh, around like 1908, you know, turn of the century, we had like Michigan State University where I'm, I'm from Michigan, you know, there was natural health, like you went to school for natural health medicine. And a lot of our universities had you could go to school for natural health and be a doctor in natural health. And then for, you know, lots of reasons, pharmaceutical and whatnot, those, those things got put away. I think it's sweet that Colorado has a school of clinical herbalism and you went there and got some additional education there. And so could, but could you share like the difference herbalism versus Western medicine and like how they can work together or how they don't work together? If you could just dive into that. Yeah, absolutely. This is a really big topic. So we'll break it down into a couple different sections. The first thing to recognize is herbal medicine is the medicine we've been using for thousands of years. It's the original medicine, medicine of the people. And when you're using natural medicine or herbal medicine, I say natural because that encompasses the fungi as well, right? Our mushrooms. (laughs) It's a whole complex species that we're working with. So within one reishi mushroom, for example, or you mentioned lemon balm before the show, right? Our Melissa officinalis, incredible, you know, one of my favorite species, a, a mint that is, you know, incredible for our nervous system and uplifting the mood and the spirit, whatever species we're talking about, there isn't just one compound that has a direct effect in the system, right? So there's a matrix going on. There's a synergy when we're working with these whole forms. And that's when it comes down to the constituents, that's really something to be aware of with herbalism or natural medicine versus Western medicine. A lot of our pharmaceuticals originated from something in the natural world, but it's an isolated compound, right? So they've isolated one strain like salicylic acid from willow bark, right? To create aspirin, right? So there's this one compound and why that's done is one, it's patentable. Two, you can create the same repeatable effect in a whole range of bodies. So no matter who's taking that medicine, you can say this does X, right? And it's interfering with a certain physiological reaction in the body, and so there's more of a control to it. And with the, the herbal side of things, there's more of an unknown, which also leaves a lot of space for, in my opinion, true healing to take place, right? The body recognizes these species, whether it's the leaf of a lemon balm or, you know, the fruiting body of a reishi mushroom as a whole being, and our body's able to work with it. And the training that I follow and that I've been studying in is called vitalist vitalism, the belief that our bodies have all of the tools to heal ourselves, right? We innately have the wisdom to be able to live our most vital, energized, full selves. And there's often blockages that get in the way, whether those are food sensitivities or patterns, whether it's a lack of exercise or lack of sleep, maybe it's really basic nutrient deficiencies that our body isn't getting to be able to perform optimally. And so it's looking at the body, removing obstacles and replenishing the things that the body might be deficient in so it can do its job, right? So it's not, it's very different than in the Western approach. It's more of isolating a symptom and treating from that place, right? It's not looking at the body as this whole complex being that's interconnected. It's saying, okay, there's a rash on the arm. Let's treat that rash 
versus in a vitalist tradition, it would say, okay, I see that rash on your arm. That's indicating that there's some sort of issue or blockage happening with your detoxification, right? How's your liver health? And let's address that. Let's improve the function of your liver. And from that state, ideally the rash goes away and doesn't recur again, you know, a week, a month later. A lot of big differences. I think the two big takeaways that we can leave with today are this complex synergy of compounds, right? Within many of our mushrooms, there's hundreds of different medicinal compounds that are working together versus that one isolate in more of a pharmaceutical form. And then looking at the body as a complete system that's interconnected, where when you affect one thing, it has a ripple effect to something else in your body. And so another way to think of that is treating the root, not the symptom or not the cause. Mm-hmm. The last piece that's kind of like a bonus is really understanding that every body is unique. And no matter what tradition of natural medicine we're looking at, whether it's Ayurveda, traditional medicine of India, or traditional Chinese medicine, there's always been an understanding that there are different body types. So in Ayurveda, those are called doshas. In Western herbalism, they're constitutions. But it's like some bodies are prone to be more warm, more dry, more moist, more cold. And all of our natural medicine also has an energetic profile, right? So think about like a nettle or a cannabis is incredibly drying. Most of us have felt that versus an aloe is really moistening or ginger and cayenne are really heating versus, you know, our our lemon balm is coming up a lot or our mints are quite cooling. And so depending on your body type, there's going to be a different medicine that will respond best with your body. So it's not as if, okay, I see someone with stomach ache and we know that ginger is good for the stomach. So I'm going to treat every person with that ginger. It's okay. Let's see what your baseline constitution is and then formulate to ensure that we're creating something that's adding the right balance both heat, both moisture, both energetically to that body. And that's where, I mean, the magic comes. Absolutely. No, for sure. And to your point, it's so important to recognize that we are all very different and we are complex. And I mean, like when I see people and do their first evaluation, I use biofeedback, but I also, you know, look at the eyes. I use iridology. I look at the fingernails. I look at the tongue. I look at the face, you know, do they have rashes on the body? What is their skin like? Are they, what element are they? And, you know, I use Chinese medicine as well. And so you're looking at them as like this whole complex being. And then, you know, then when we look at these labels that people get, oh, you're depressed or you have anxiety or, you know, it's like, those are being diagnosed in the Western setting, but they're not a true diagnosis, they're really just a symptom. So it's like going, what is the root cause of that? And that's what I love about natural health. And you know, what you do with the functional mushrooms is like, it's like, let's go to the root of that human from a physical standpoint an energetic standpoint an emotional standpoint. And how can we support their constitution? How can we support their foundations of health? and really make an impact on their overall well-being and how their body is expressing. So I just, I love that. I love that. So can you share some more about just like, so mushrooms in, in general. So I use the five mushroom blend. I use that in my coffee in the mornings. Absolutely 
love it. That's like my favorite. And then I have a couple other favorites that I really, really like, but can you just share the benefits of, you know, the, the mushroom blends and the mushrooms that you use with Forsomatic and how those impact the body and the health of an individual? Yeah, two main ways that are kind of the umbrellas over all of our functional mushrooms, then each offers something additionally unique. And the first one is that they're all adaptogens. Okay, so these functional mushrooms, the key ones we use, chaga, reishi, lion's mane, cordyceps, even our turkey tail, tremella, these are known as adaptogens, which is a category of natural medicine that essentially helps our body adapt to different stressors, right? Gives us more resilience, helps us find balance, this equilibrium and stress. Talk about treating the root. I mean, we are such a stressed nation and it's really amazing what happens when you address someone's stress response, what symptoms begin to clear that they thought had nothing to do with stress. They're like, no, I'm gaining weight. It's not about stress. I'm not sleeping. It's not about stress. I have headaches and you you know, bring some adaptogens on board, give their body that relief. And it's like, oh yeah, that's not a thing anymore. So our functional mushrooms are are adaptogens. They're also known as immune modulators, which is really important in this current era that we're all living through. And what this immune modulation does is it's kind of like cruise control for the immune system. So this is why I chose to work with functional mushrooms, specifically with those with autoimmune conditions, because In an autoimmune body, there's overactive immune activity happening. And so an extract of a functional mushroom can suppress immune activity in that body. But for someone that isn't dealing with an autoimmune condition and might have an underactive immune system, that same extract can increase immune cells. So it has this amazing ability to work with the body and bring about this strength. It's like kind of like boot camp for our immune system, right? It's giving us what we need to function optimally, no matter where your baseline is. If we had two big things that almost all of us in 2020, entering 2021, are concerned with, I would say it's stress and immune function. And so the functional mushrooms are amazing for really hitting, I mean, killing two birds with one stone, we can say for that. And then beyond that, they're all unique, right? So we have lion's mane, that's really targeting productivity, focus, creativity, more brain function. We have our chaga, which is full of antioxidant properties, amazing for the immune system. And reishi, our queen of mushrooms, which is really a premier adaptogen and wonderful for supporting a stress response and, and deep sleep. You know, within this massive kingdom, the couple hundred that are functional, if anyone could leave with like just three mushrooms, that's what I would take away. Those are the most powerful. They're the king and the queen of mushrooms. I mean, these are kind of like the gold standard when it comes to this whole category of fungi for natural health. And I love that I put them in my body every day. That makes me feel good. (laughs) Yes. So how does Four Sigmatic differ from other you know, feel like, well, where do, where do I even go to get good quality mushrooms and know what I'm getting, which of course we will put links in the show notes for, for everyone, but what should they look for when they're going to find mushrooms? Yeah, there's three main things to look for. And then I'll add two bonuses. So the first is understanding what part of the mushroom you're using. 
And if we want to follow culture, follow tradition, which I believe is incredibly important as an herbalist, it's using the part of the mushroom that's been used forever for thousands of years. Some of these mushrooms, you know, reishi, for example, over 5,000 years of proven use by humans for health benefits. And the part of the mushroom always used is the mushroom itself. This might sound silly if you're new, but it's known as the fruiting body. It's the reproductive part of the species. It's what you actually see above ground or on the side of the tree. And there's a lot of brands out there that are using mycelium, which is more of the root system of the mushrooms. Amazing for its effects in our environment, but when it comes to our health, the fruiting body is really where it's at. So getting the fruiting body or the real mushroom. Two is knowing what your mushrooms are grown on. And so a lot of our functional species, all the ones we've mentioned today, naturally grow on wood or different logs. And so you can think of this like we are what we eat, right? The mushrooms are what they eat. So much of the medicinal compounds actually come from conversions of compounds found in these woods. And so, you know, you can kind of think of this like if you're a meat eater, having a grass-fed, free-range beef versus cow that's been in confinement, you know, fed soy its whole life, never saw the sunshine, is the nutritional content of that beef going to be equivalent? It's pretty obvious when we think of it that way. Obviously, no. But same thing goes with our mushrooms. So a lot of times mushrooms now are are grown in labs. They're never exposed to sunlight, which is where they absorb vitamin D. They're grown on different cereal grains like rice and oats. So it's really, you know, we can't say that's the true mushroom itself. And so you'll always see other ingredients and it'll list if there's oat or rice or whatever else in there versus log grown or wild harvested. So the fruiting body, what it's grown on. And the third is ensuring that your mushrooms have been extracted. These functional mushrooms are totally inedible in their raw form. They have a compound in their cell wall called chitin. The body can't break it down. So if you're eating your mushrooms just powdered and raw or fermented or micronized, I'm seeing all these, you know, fringy terms coming out there. It's kind of just like eating fiber. It's not necessarily bad, but it's just you're not getting all the benefits from it. Extracted, there's a couple different ways to extract, which maybe will be for a 2.0, but the point is look for the word extraction. Those are the big three. Fruiting body, log grown, extracted. Bonus is organic. Mushrooms are known as bioaccumulators, so they can absorb a lot from the medium that they're growing on. And this is amazing. We're finding they can clean up toxins from different waste sites, you know, pull heavy metals out of the ground, break down oil. I mean, amazing field of study called mycoremediation. But when it comes to our bodies, really crucial that they're clean, right? So organic is like the first line of defense. Beyond that, second bonus is that they've been third-party lab tested, right? So we want to make sure they're tested for things like heavy metals, mycotoxins, molds, yeasts, radiation, et cetera. So at Four Sigmatic, we do all of the above, which is great and makes it easy. And then, I mean, regardless of what brand of mushrooms you're taking, or if you're growing them yourself or, you know, making your own tea, consistency is key. So finding a way to enjoy it, to make it fun, to make it habitual. This is why we add mushrooms to daily routines, things like coffee in the morning, hot chocolate for the evening, plant-based protein. It's like, how can we, these aren't just, I take lion's mane once and my brain's like firing on all cylinders for weeks. It's like, we've got to do it consistently. These are known as tonics. They're meant to be taken on a daily basis. So finding a way 
to make it simple and building it, you know, weaving it into what your day already looks like is so important. Absolutely. I mean, it's like exercise. You don't just do it once and then like walk away and be like, oh, I'm good for the rest of my life. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Thank you so much. This was just so insightful and I appreciate your time, Danielle. And add in the show notes, all of the references and where people can get the best mushrooms that are tested and grown on wood and not all the funky stuff. It's all the good stuff. And all the listeners, we will give you that link. So, you know, you're getting safe, good healing mushrooms. Amazing. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. Have a great rest of your day. Hey, you guys, I needed to jump in here real quick. If you decide to order from foursigmatic.com at the checkout, use code brainpower10. That code is brainpower10 and you will get a special discount and they will also contribute back to the Happy Whole You podcast and that will help cover the fees to pay for us bringing you this podcast each and every month. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us today, you guys, on this Happy Whole You podcast. We are so stoked that you are listening. And if you have questions or want to reach out to us, you can always email us at info at happywholeyou.com. And you know where to find us at Happy Whole You on Facebook and at Happy Whole You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day. Have a great week. And we will see you soon.